what is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belle Biv DeVoe. Yours truly Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This is Invo. This is India Ari. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. One of the highlights of the Cincinnati Black Music Festival was Jodeci. They are back on the road and killing it. KC and Mr. Dalvin are with us this weekend. This is Cafe Mocha. Angelique, along with Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo is off working, doing a thousand different things. And we want to shout out. What she want us to shout out for her? She wanted us to shout out. um, Oh, her cooking show. Yeah. Her, Her cooking show that is on Aspire. Yes. Yes. Her cooking show. I knew it. (laughs) She has a wonderful cooking show. Also, you can catch her on the. Oh, I can't talk about that. Okay. So she has. See, see, here's the problem. Here's a problem right here. We're on strike. You can't talk about the TV shows. You can't talk about the movies. I can talk about her, her, her reality, reality TV stuff because it's a cooking show. So that's why I wanted to shout that out. So look for Yo-Yo's cooking show. Downright Aspire. delicious with Yo-Yo <laughs> okay. on Aspire TV. You can tell I know it. Okay, <laughs> it's like, but it, it all, in all honesty, you know, right now uh, Hollywood is dealing with um, these strikes. Uh, the actors are on strike. Also, the writers are on strike. But Angelique. There's a lot of people on strike. I mean, yeah. we almost had a massive UPS. UPS. Woo. And at the last minute, they came through and said, okay, we'll do a deal with y'all. So 170,000 uh, workers were about to strike for UPS and they diverted that. Um, one of the main things that they wanted. We just want some air conditioning. In the we truck, just want some air conditioning in the truck. How hard is that? Yeah, they that's just, terrible. That's, that's what why do we wanted. got? Why do we have to threaten to strike? I mean, delivering packages in this type of heat. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that the whole country's been going through these these heat uh, waves, and th- you know, th- those men and women have been delivering in those trucks in a hundred degree weather. It's like really um, with no air. No air whatsoever. That's also, uh, there is a currently uh, a strike of uh, hotel workers in Los Angeles. Um, in Las Vegas, the food service workers are demanding better pay. So wait, wait, they- wait. I want to go back to Los Angeles because uh, the city council in L.A. is talking about paying um, the hotel workers and amusement park workers twenty five dollars an hour. Um, which in LA ain't nothing, but just think about that $25 an hour. It's nothing in LA, but it's a nice start. That, well, yeah, but in LA, like you said, it's like, the thing is, is that most of these strikes that are happening all over the United States, you have uh, tensions that are rising for the United Auto Workers contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's something that's looming there. Um, you have University of Michigan threatening jobs or striking for the graduate instructors, you know, um, they, uh, you have lecturers in colleges so it's like the teachers are striking the hotel workers everybody and what it all boils down to is that people need a fair wage because prices have increased inflation is up 
people can't afford to take care of their families. And so, you know, th- these, these companies are making profits and they're not, they're sharing the profits with, with, uh, stockholders, but they're not sharing it with the workers. And the thing of it is, is that all these businesses, they don't care about the customers. All they care about is growing bigger and bigger and bigger. How big can you grow? All all they care about is growing and trimming the fat off of the company. And the fat is us. We're the fat. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? We're the fat. The workers, uh, and they just don't, these companies just don't increase the wage enough to, you know, f- year to year. And, you know, bringing it back home to us, because right now, um, Hollywood is shut down, y'all. It's like th- the only thing that we can do are like reality shows right now, game shows, and uh, some soap operas. So, what you're going to see is you're going to see for the fall uh, television and movies, you're going to see a bunch of, on, especially on television, you're going to see a bunch of game shows and reality shows. Uh, I, it, it's gotten so bad. There are three things that they basically are fighting for. They're fighting for fair wages. They're fighting for some resolve on artificial intelligence. It's things that they want to do with artificial intelli- intelligence in the movie uh, industry that, they want to use people's likeness and not pay them for it. They want to be able to use it over and over again and not pay them for it. So that is going to be a long, long drawn out fight. Um, and then, you know, they're, they're also, you know, asking about residuals from the streaming services. Uh, back when we had an original contract, we didn't have the streaming services that we have now. And so you have like Netflix, all those shows that y'all watch, you know, you think, oh, wow, people get paid for them. No, they're not getting paid adequately. Some of, you know, like the girls on Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. There was an article, wonderful article uh, about how they were getting $2 or $20 residual checks. And they were a brand, they were known, they were famous. They don't understand what residual checks are. They don't understand how big a residual check should be. What I'll say, what I'll say is that those girls could not quit their day job. But put it like they that. couldn't quit the day job. Here it is. They're famous and they're still waiting tables. You're right about that. But I want to say something because I'm trying to get the public to understand this. When we talk about the whole industry is shut down. It's the everyday caterer, the makeup artist. They no longer have jobs. People have to move now. People are going to have to, you know, pull their kids out of school and move. People are going to be homeless because they have not been working, a lot of them since May, because the the writer strike. So this really is, a it really is a horrible thing, but it's also reaching the people that you think might have money. There's a a, a publication of the actor Billy Porter. Everybody knows Billy Porter. Yep. He was in the FX show Pose. Pose. And he he was supposed to have work in September. That work is now done. So he says he may have to sell his house. Um he's he, he's like this is he's been living check to check because the money y'all thought people were making because you say oh they're on tv and they're making a lot of money they're not 
So. Cafe Mocha, it's Angelique along with Lonnie Love. We're with one of the most iconic groups of our generation. That's right. They brought us hits like Fiending, Forever My Lady. Mm. We're on with Jodeci, Casey, and Mr. Dalvin. Welcome to Cafe Mocha. What's good? What's good? What's good? Oh, I'm so happy. You guys, you know... I go back. I'm old school, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, y'all was my college. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Because, I mean, I got plenty of in college because of y'all. So, thank you <laughs> so much. I appreciate that. You know what? Take us uh, back. Yeah. How did we start the group Jodeci? You know, me and KC and, you know, what, Dalvin and Devontae, KC and Jodo come from two different gospel groups. And a girl group put it together and... You know, the rest is history. You know, they introduced us to each other in North Carolina, and we went and got a, a record deal from Uptown Records and MCA Records, and, you know, the rest is history. And here we are on the phone with you. Yeah. Man, that is wonderful. <laughs> that's the shortest version I can get. That, that, that's one of the shortest versions, too, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, because we think people know the history, but it's like people are being reintroduced to you all. Mm-hmm. But how was it right. growing up? As you know, as teenagers, you know, having this massive fame, how was that? It was like it was like uh, it's KC, right? It was like it was an experience, trust me. But um, like I said, we made each other when we was ten, ten, ten teenage years, man. So wow, man. I mean, we got other siblings, but when the four of us came together, man, we became as one. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like. We met Dalvin and Devontae, me and JoJo did, you know, it was like, yo, we got two extra brothers. You know right, what I mean? Right, and right. Thank God for that. Since, the, since we met each other, we never separated and we still brothers and it's going on 40 years almost now, you know, so we're just a family, man. How did you manage to stay so close? Because a lot of times you get in a group, money gets involved, all sorts of other things get involved and people wind up breaking up. But you guys, you said you're still family. How'd you manage to to hold that brotherhood together? Well, money didn't bring us together, first of all. So money can't break us up. You know what I'm saying? Hey, so, come on now. We, you know, so we, we I mean, we starved together. We fought together. We did everything together. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what we, you know, we, we're family. So we're gonna, obviously going to fight between each other, but we don't let nobody come between us. And we are actually family. You know, so we all we know. And, you know, so it's like from the beginning to the end, with money and without money, we've still been the same. So it's like it was easy for us to stay grounded because we never got into this for the money. We just used our gifts and let God lead us to where he led us to. So, you yeah, know. there you go. There you go. It's Cafe Mocha on the line. Jodeci, we have Casey and Dalvin. The Jodeci Summer Block party tour is going on right now with SWV and Drew Hill. It's been 30 years yeah. since the release of Diary of a Mad Band. Tell us, you know, there have been snags though. There have been some problems with the health, with drugs, but you all got past that. And that's what me as a fan, as a true fan, I love to see. Can we talk about You're how back. y'all got past that, KC and then down? Yeah, let, 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 let us clear this right now, this KC. There was never, ever, ever a drug problem. You know what I'm saying? There was never, ever a drug problem. Okay. I mean, we party hard. We only party hard with the alcohol. That was it. But um, personally, we just like, like, we keep God in everything that we do. God said he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us, you know. So, and he haven't. It was a lot of prayers with our, our parents and our 
faithful fans out there that kept us together. Like I said, we would never, ever, 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 ever hear that a lot, drug problems. We would never, mm-hmm. that, never that. As far as a Heineken and Hennessy, I, I, I vouch for that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Other than that, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't the Heineken and Hennessy. <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up because we, you know, people get mixed up alcohol and drugs. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, right. and now we're living in times where we have these blogs and we have people that report misinformation. This is why I asked the question because I can get it from the horse's mouth to clear it up. So thank you for clearing that up, brother. I appreciate yeah. that. I mean, both both are, both are bad for you, but you know what I'm saying? But that, that's all we had was alcohol. And really, it really didn't affect us, you know, really without creativity. It was just then we party, we party hard. That's about yeah, it. right. Like like most rock stars right. do, you know. Every everybody does it, you know what I'm saying? So it is what it is. But how did y'all get y'all it got is. past it through your foundation of of God? Is that is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, like you know, and then you know, we had praying parents, and you know, at, at some point we said, "Hey, man, you know, this is what God put us here for. He didn't put us here to just to just be strung out and and and, and you know, forsake the gifts that He gave us." And right. so like we we all buckled up and said, hey man, you know, at the end of the day, this is this we started as Joe to see and we're gonna you know, that's how we're gonna keep it going. So you yeah. know, nobody can stop that, you know. And this KC talking God is good. God is good, y'all. The reason why I know because personally, you know, now I've been sober from alcohol for five years. Yes. So you know, I just think that. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh what's it like being back on the road again now? Uh, it ain't fun no more. It's work now. It's, it's like going to a job. It ain't even fun no more. It's work. It's work. It's work. Because, you know, now not only do we get on stage for fun, we handle all the business side. You know, that's the one thing we took control of, like, as a group. It, it, we thought it very important because it's the music business, not the singing business. The music business of business. And business should be first. And we figured, hey, man, if we're going to go have, you know, do tour, let's, let's make sure our business is in order. So, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of groups, we can tour and tour and have fun and you know, all the things that come with that, but we thought it was much more important that we have our business good on on the right track. You know what I'm saying? So now it's like going to work every day. It's not like fun anymore. So. I love it because, like, people call, people say, y'all uh, legends and all that, which we respect. We respect that and we thank everybody for saying that. But at the same point, how can we, we want to be successful legends now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Back in the day, we were young. Do I regret anything that we did? No, we don't, because it really taught us. You know what I'm saying? That, that taught us a lot. And now, like Dalvin said, we're all about our business now. You know what I'm saying? It should have been the other way around. Business right. show, just show business. Trust me, it's more business. It's 90% business, 10% uh, is show. Trust How did you guys get to that point to really start taking the business part seriously? I mean, as we mentioned earlier, you started as teenagers. So, I mean, you're young. You don't really know what to do. At what point did that change for you when you just said we got to handle this business? For me personally, I just when I start seeing the numbers and the things are adding up, when you know, when you see people that work, you driving better cars, bigger houses. I mean, something right. Uh Mm-hmm. When you when you're on the stage and you know we go out there and we give it a thousand percent every night even to this day we never waver from we don't take that away from our fans so, you know things behind the scenes ain't always hundred we give everything on that stage we leave it there but you know we thought the, the the back end was just as important as the front end so when you see the numbers not adding up and things are not adding up then you start understanding that hey man hold on let's let's pause for a minute and get this other the back end straight exactly you know? so that's why a lot of groups be like these days breaking up. Mm-hmm. The number one reason is because the business is not right. You know right. what I mean? So 
And um, so that that's how we look at it. You know, business got to be right, man. That really taught us. Like God was saying, we were younger, man, and we saw that everybody, everybody got business, and we riding around in pathfinders. No, that ain't right. right. No, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right at all. Dang. Pathfinder was the rent. car back in the day. <laughs> that was yeah, but the car. Now, I that, that, but, but did you yeah, hear that? Your man, they got a Benz, and they got, yeah, they got Rolls Royce and Bentleys, and we ride around in pathfinders. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> On the line, we have Jodeci. Wonderful conversation with Casey and Dalvin. The Jodeci Summer Block Party Tour is going on right now with SWV Andrew Hill. 30 years since the release of Diary of a Mad Band. It's the hottest ticket going on right now, so make sure you come out, man. It's the hottest ticket. Right. I want to know, are y'all going to have a movie come out? Like, you know, because everybody else is having one. That's why, I gave you the short, that's why I gave you the short version of the story. <laughs> you got to wait for the movie. You know? <laughs> I cannot wait. Plus, this is going to be so and good. Like Dalvin like said last week, they made a lot of sense, man. I don't think nobody can do movies now because of the strike. You know, right, right, no right, 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 right. Oh, we That's can do it if it's a okay. Because I'm, I'm sad, so I can tell you, we can do it if it's an independent production, a small independent like right. BET, something like that. We can get it done. <laughs> Like, right. or or you could do a documentary yeah a documentary um right. and it, it you know like while y'all on tour you know get the cameras and then you know you could do it like oh, that yeah, we, got, too. we got all that yeah we got all that but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to really release this as a series because it's hard to tell you know because we're four individuals that came together made magic and it's hard to tell it in 90 minutes or hour and a half so you know it, it's important that you know and we take you through the journey where Jodeci really came from and you know right. how, how it began you know so we want to take our time it, and really do it right. You know, the thing is, is that, I mean, I know you know how you move people, but I want to know how does it feel, Casey and Dalvin? How does that feel to know that you are part of this culture, that you made an uh, impact on it? Feels good. It's Casey, right? It feels good, man. Like I say, we thank God for everything that's happened for Jodeci. But to hear people you know, recite our songs and um, so so much love to us, and you know, um, saying it, even heck, some some people be saying I named my child after Joe. Mm-hmm. Well, I named right. my child Alvin, Monte, JoJo, or KC. They're like, this right. is and, but you know, and, and it, it just feels good, you know. But even to see, not to cut you off, okay, but even to see our audience getting younger and younger. Yeah, you know, it's like it's crazy, and they sing all our songs with Joe T-shirts on it. It's really crazy. Well, you I know, saw. they were born, born into it, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. or, or or born to it. Um, right, I saw right, you guys right, right. <laughs> at the Cincinnati Black Music Festival not very long ago, and the show was incredible. You guys, Thank you. as far as I'm concerned, no disrespect to the people who came on after you, but you guys were definitely the headlining act. You looked Thank good. You, you sounded uh, good. What's your favorite song to perform? The one that you just don't walk off stage without doing that people will kill you if you walk off stage without doing. Casey first. Uh, okay. uh, I have a couple of them that people probably go crazy. Is um, I could say, um, "Forever My Lady" number one because that's yes! my baby. Forever My Lady, um, come and talk to me, mm-hmm. and uh, and, and we got to get you out. So I got to say, get on up. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. Mine is I I think when I tune in I say I cry for you and I say freaking you and I say get on up. Mm-hmm. You got to like, put fiending in it. They be, they be loving fiending too. 
They be love fiending. I love fiending. <laughs> but my yeah, my t- my three top favorite to perform myself is Cry for You, Freaky You, and Get On Up. I think. Oh wow, that is amazing! Like now, what do we see the future for Jodeci, fellas? Um, but, uh, me, I mean, like, but this is me, yeah, personally. Uh, I could say we probably gonna do our individual thing. Uh, the movie we're gonna tour some more. And as far as albums, we haven't really discussed it as far as a group album, but you know, I'm sure that's probably somewhere down the line. Probably release some singles or something, but you know, that's what I see. Right, 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 right. I, I, I'm the same way, man. I feel like we're Dalvin feeling right now. We just want to get through this tour, you know, show right. the world that Josie is still here. We good, and um, like Dalvin said about the solo stuff, Dalvin got his, and I'm mine is my, my my solo about to come out, and so you're just looking for bigger and better things, you know, uh, separate and with the group. But just because, let everybody know, just because we're doing separate things, do not mean. Jodeci is splitting up. Please, no. please. Jodeci is the mothership. We all going to take Jodeci care of the mothership. There you right. go. There you go. Cafe Mocha talking to Casey and Mr. Dalvin from Jodeci. I'm from your home state. Grew up down the street in Greensboro, North Carolina. Charlotte had... <laughs> yeah, we just we just play, we just played Greensboro too. Yeah, nice. mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Charlotte as a music empire because coming behind you is a bevy of new artists um, from Fantasia to present. So what do you think of um, Charlotte and the little music enclave that they're building? Um, Well, to be honest with you, Charlotte gave us a hard time in the beginning. Like, you know, that was a home time and we we were so proud to be from North Carolina and try to change the spectrum of what music was. And um, Charlotte was kind of, you know, kind of close the door to us. I mean, now our fans have reversed that a thousand percent. And, you know, they showed us so much love when we got there. But it was kind of rough for us in Charlotte beginning. And I think that now that we did kind of go through the, the rocky time of Charlotte, it opened the door for the, the baby and Fantasia and Anthony Hamilton and, you know, whoever, Calvin uh, Calvin Richardson and Sunshine Anderson. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and, and other producers that's coming. You know, I think that we did do the, the, do the, uh, the grind and the legwork and the grunt work to open them doors. Cause it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, easy in the beginning for Jody C and Shaw. Right, 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 right. That's why we need the movie. That we need the documentary. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Because people don't realize how hard, 30 years to be in this business, and first of all, to still can sing the way y'all sing and perform, that's phenomenal. So, you know, you're you're you. quite deserving of that. Um, any highlights of being Joe to see, the award shows, things like that? Any highlights from that? Um, I think we probably have different ones. I think me sitting down, and, and I, when I was a kid, I made, I said, I'm going to meet all these people that I wanted to meet. It included Prince, Madonna, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan. And I got to sit down and, and really, really have, have conversations with all these people, like like they were my friends, you know what I'm saying? And, and pick their brains about music. And to hear them say how much they love Jodeci meant it was crazy to me. Like, yeah. they, they knew all of our songs and everything. So, you know, for them to admire us like we admire them and grew up as them was kind of crazy to me. That's cool. cool. Yeah. And me, my, uh, my personal ones is, you know, I, something I always wanted to do because I've been professionally singing since the age of 11. But what I always wanted to do, I wanted to, I wanted to um, sing like, like build them full of people, you know, it's to the point that in the country while I was in, in North Carolina, 
across the street from my grandmother's house was a cornfield. I mean, I mean, a, a big cornfield. So what me and JoJo we used to do is we would stand on um, my grandmother's porch, and uh, and we would like be singing, but we would we would treat the cornfield like they're uh, like a, a full Same house. People, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we always wanted to sing. I always wanted to sing in front of a lot of people around. And being with Jodeci for these 30 years and some and some change, that's all we see now. So that's my highlight. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. That's yeah. dream come true. Man. Yeah, the I mean, Jodeci Summer Block Party Tour with SWV and Drew Hill headed to Texas on the 25th, 6th, and 7th. L.A. on September 7th. Thank you, guys. Thank y'all so Thank much. Thank you this is a dream thank come you. true for me to talk to y'all. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye, y'all. Bye. Everybody listening in L.A., September 7th, the Jodeci Summer Block Party is coming our way. They're on tour with SWV and Drew Hill. This is Cafe Mocha. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, For advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. It's Cafe Mocha. This show is all about music makers, and we have, I mean, come on. First time ever. I'm sad girling out. Get Jimmy off the floor. (laughs) Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on the line. I I mean, so many hits that there's, you know, we can't even go down the list, but welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Well, before we get started with your new stuff, I just want to say, that you got me through college with Janet Jackson. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for bringing her and the control and it gave me empowerment. I went to an HBCU. So to have this moment with you too, I just yes. get emotional. So thank you so much. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate that. Glad. Like that. Like that. Absolutely. We're, talking, we're talking to Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And so I want to go back even further because obviously everybody remembers when the first time album came out. Mm. And we flipped mm-hmm. it over yes. and we saw these two cool cats. I mean, yes. all you guys were cool. But, <laughs> um, Jam, take us back to the early days. And, and, you know, when you went from musicians to like superstars. <laughs> like we're always superstars. We're always superstars. They were born superstars. <laughs> Well, I don't know about that. I I think we, um, first of all, we all grew up knowing each other and playing together back in Minneapolis. It was a very competitive music scene. I know anybody that saw the movie Purple Rain knows that there was sort of the battle of the bands and all the competing bands and stuff. That's the way we grew up. Mm -hmm. Um, Prince and Morris Day had a band together. Um, I was in a band of my own. Terry Lewis had a band of his own. And everybody was all competing for those spots. And eventually Morris and Prince joined together. Um, uh, well, well, Morris and us joined together actually in, in the time. Um, but it was all just very competitive and stuff. So we were known and, and it was all about really the competition. And then when we Prince and time, we toured together and every night we were trying to, you know, kick Prince's ass. I mean, that was our, our <laughs> thing we were trying to do. And, uh, and, and some nights we were successful, some we weren't, but it was a great learning experience. And for us, it never was about trying to be famous or anything or trying to be stars. It was just doing what we love to do, which was be around our friends and just play music and try to make the best music we possibly could. But the early days was great. It was a lot of fun. And we're friends with those, all those people, you know, even up to now. I mean, so it was great. But uh, Terry, uh, being black men in this industry and making it and still having a legacy, can you talk about, you know, any type of struggles that you all had to go through just to, you know, get signed? And how did you guys start working together? As a black man, I certainly can speak to that. Uh, <laughs> struggles. It's the same struggles that any black man goes through. I mean, you have your your, your struggles within your own community, but then you have the extra struggles uh, that come from other parts of the community. Uh, in Minneapolis, we had a, a lot of black musicians, but we had very little opportunity in, in terms of places to play. Mm. So we had to create our own business models and, and we'd print up flyers and we'd rent like hotel bar rooms or we do deals with uh, different venues that, hey, we'll take the door, you take the bar kind of deals. And we'd have to make our own gigs because there was just not enough places for us to play. But, you know, you roll those things over into your future and those things give you a good business kind of acumen that you take forward. And we actually use all those skills that we learned back as kids today as businessmen. So, you know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's what we say. That's right. Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie Love, Yo-Yo, on the line, Jimmy Jam, and Terry Lewis. I mean, just umpteenth years worth of hits Mm -hmm. on the line right here. You you know what I wanted to ask them? Who created the look of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis? Because that's such a signature look. The Blues Brothers Brothers stole it. They stole it. (laughs) Say that. Yeah, the Blues Brothers stole it from us, actually. But uh, no, uh, no. listen, when we were growing up, we always wanted to try to look nice. We always were trying to be in suits and that kind of stuff. And honestly, we couldn't afford anything. So what we used to do is we used to go to thrift shops back in the day 
And we could, you could buy a suit for maybe $10, $15, go have it tailored up really nice. And the same with hats. You know, I have, I remember Terry Lewis back when he was like, I don't know, 15, 16 years old. I got a picture in the studio of him with his red, black, and green base. And he's got his fedora on. So we, that was always just our style. And we just decided to carry it forward. We just thought it was a classy style to have and a timeless style to have. So we just kind of stuck with it over the years and it's kind of become our signature. And you were right. I yeah. Mean, yeah. It still works. Right. You have to wear the clothes. You can't let the clothes wear you. So that's <laughs> fashion is where style meets personality. That creates fashion. So the yeah. clothes fit us. And yeah. they look good. And I knew that's why I said, I said the Blues Brothers, you know, the white people always take his stuff from us. They just, that was like, that, I, I was like, really, really, y'all? So, but, I, you know, still to this day, when we see you all, we know that that is Jam and Lewis. Now, uh, let's talk about He Don't Know Nothing About It, featuring your longtime producer, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. How did this come about, Terry? What? Oh, Jam, go ahead. I'll let you speak. Oh, really? Oh, thank you, Terry Lewis. Um, <laughs> I feel like I speak all the time. I like I like hearing Terry speak. I do anyway, too. Um, yeah, me too. I, I'm telling you, I tell, Terry's the smartest man always in any room. That's why I like to hear him talk. I like to just absorb it. But um, no, the combination with Babyface was really like um, it was something we had always wanted to do, and um, we just never got around to doing it. It's kind of like the whole project was like that. And so we finally, the Soul Train Awards, we were honored to get the award uh, from Babyface, actually presented us with an award, um, which was very cool. And we started talking about we should get together and do something. And we finally made that happen. And it was interesting because in the days now that we live in where, you know, it's basically verses and everybody was saying, y'all should do a verses against each other or whatever. And we were like, "Uh, no, we'd rather just team up and do a little something and see where that leads us. And um, we're really happy about it. And the other thing that's cool about it for us is that Babyface let us produce him. You know, it was like uh, normally he produces his own stuff. So when we were in the studio and he'd start singing and then he'd stop himself and go, wait, wait, let me get that again. And we go, no, no, just sing, man. We got you. We got you. So it took it took a little bit for, for that to happen. But he did. We got him to play guitar. He wanted to hire a different guitar player to come in and play. And we kind of tricked him. We just said, oh, just go ahead and put a couple parts down just for to give us a guide on what to do. And then we just left those parts on the record and turned them up. So like all the guitars and everything you hear on the record, everything on that song that you hear is all basically just Babyface, uh, along with Terry and I producing and playing a little bit of keyboards and stuff. But it was great working with him. He was fantastic. Cafe Mocha, Angelique, Lonnie, Love and Yo-Yo on the line. (sighs) Hit after hit after hit. Sam and Terry Lewis dating all the way back to you know i remember what i consider the first album the time is when i was introduced to you you know Uh all the janet jackson stuff but let me let me ask you about the transition from becoming musicians to producers Mm -hmm. uh you know the kids know all your music because i shouldn't say the kids the world knows all your music yes about 30 years of it but when did you guys go ah you know i think we'll just i shouldn't say just produce just produce some major hits but we're gonna we're gonna sit in the back and we're gonna make make hits yeah well producing came about as a, a almost a necessity because I mean, if you if you think of any 
thing that you've developed over your life. We're musicians first. Right. We're songwriters second. And we're producers third. Mm. The only reason we started producing is because we would write songs and then other people would try to produce them, but they would never come out the way we would want them to. So like young black man from the hood, from the projects, I didn't even know what a producer was. Mm-hmm. You know, you read the credits, wow. but you just, you, you don't know all the particulars. So, you know, we would give songs to people and they would come back and we'd say, man, we could have did this. We could have did that. We should have did it like this and whatever should have happened. So then we had to learn the craft ourselves. Right. And back back in the day we started, there were no synthesizers, there were no drum machines, mm-hmm. so you actually had to know how to express music uh, vernacular. You had to be able to speak music to people. So we had to learn that whole process of how to speak to other musicians, and it, there, you couldn't do it all by yourself unless you were Prince at the time. <laughs> uh, it's Cafe Mocha on the line, Jam and Lewis. You know, I'm going to ask this because I may never get to interview you all ever again. You've been friends for how many years and how do you keep that friendship going? It's a new year. We need to talk more about friendship, especially between black men. Just your thoughts on it. Well, I've known Terry. I think we met back in, uh, we're debating whether it was 72 or 73. So it <laughs> wow. was back in the day. Um, and, um, but really, first of all, it was, I have to say it was love at first sight when we met each other. We, um, I saw Terry Lewis playing a, a cool in the gang bass part. And I just said, I got to get to know this brother. Like some about him is just cool. I think Terry saw me playing the piano. He always says it's for a bunch of girls or something. He's got some sort of story like that. But anyway, we just were attracted to each other. And then we were in competing bands for a long time. Um, as I mentioned earlier, and but every time it wasn't like we were getting mad at each other, we were admiring each other. Like you know, Terry's band would kick my band, and I'd be like, "Yeah, that's Terry, man, his band's really good," or whatever. So we finally got together, and our, our and our really our relationship is built on respect. That's the always the biggest part of it. And also, when you think back on it, and the forty some years we've been together and known each other, we've never had an argument. And a lot of people get, well, why didn't you ever have an argument? How could that be? And I said, because an argument is something you're trying to win. So when you're having an argument with somebody and you're trying to win something, that isn't what we were trying to do. We were always trying to come up with a solution to maybe a disagreement. We might have a disagreement about something, and that's different because now we can find a solution to it. So that's the way we always looked at it. And then we took it out of, like, who's what was the best way? It was all about the best way of getting things done. It wasn't my way, it wasn't his way. What's the best way? And that's the way we approach it. And we also shook hands. Business-wise, we shook hands. Uh, When we first, you know, got together business-wise, we basically shook hands. We said 50-50. And that eliminated everything that we could ever argue about because nobody's worried about, hey, it's my song, but that's my lyric, but that's my melody, but that's my bridge, but that's my... You know, there's none of that conversation. It's just about let's go make great music if we can. Fantastic. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. If you were looking for Tyler Perry, Diddy, or Byron Allen to buy BET, the network is no longer for sale. According to the Wall Street Journal, Paramount wanted $3 billion. Roland Martin had this to say. Anybody who would have given Paramount $3 billion... For majority stake, and not all of it, with appreciating asset, 
acting stupid. Moving on to sports. She missed a chance at the Tokyo Olympics because she violated the marijuana ban, but Shikari Richardson proved herself once again. Here comes Shikari Richardson! Shikari's done it! Shikari Richardson has won the world title! She had to come from behind in the semi, but when it counted, she has done it! Lil Rel and John Cena are back with their action comedy about what happens when black friends and white friends go on vacation together. Vacation Friends 2 hits Hulu this weekend. You thought Vacation Friends was insane. Whatever y'all think this movie is, it's not going to be. We made everything bigger, funnier, and flashier. That's the espresso. It's a mess, Angelique. How are you doing? I know that you um, you can do your stand-up comedy, but how are you doing? Because I know you had projects that you were pretty excited about. Um, well, my projects are on hold, but I'm, you know, I can do, like I said, I can do game shows and reality shows. Shout out to Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart um, is doing uh, deals for to do game shows, and he's hiring all of us. Like when I say us comedians, um and and stuff like that so you're gonna see that coming out um i'm doing a really uh big reality show in september because that's what i I have to do what is it i can't tell you but i'll Hmm. be gone (laughs) so but you know it's right now it's feast of famine and everybody got to get out and do what they can do until because everything is on hold i had like three deals that you know it's like they may come back they may not come back who knows? This is it, it, it. What this strike is doing is it's causing us. Um, it's causing the momentum that people had to stop. And I really feel bad because it's going to affect a lot of people of color. Exactly. That's the first the first thing to go when things get tough, as you know, is the stuff that black people and people of color in general are working on they're going to get back to work and they're going to be like oh well you know just wait a little bit you know how they do just wait a little bit we need to get some other stuff going first and our stuff is going to get set to the back our stuff is going to get canceled our it's the same thing that happened last writer's strike they started canceling our stuff first yeah yeah they definitely will and you know, if you think that entertainment isn't important, uh, you know, if you have children, turn off all the TVs and all the see iPads. What happens. See, what, see happens. what happens. Wait till September. Wait till September when your shows aren't on and all you have to watch is uh, freaking Real Housewives or whatever. Wait till then. <laughs> so everybody is important, but we really got to do something for the below the line workers. And this is including all the other striking workers that we have to get on the corporations to come to the table, to negotiate, to have a fair deal. You know, I've been out there striking and I hit all the, the you know, in L.A., I went to Chicago to strike. Um you know, wherever I can, you know, just be there. And I also have to say, if you um, go to the SAG website, um, SAG.org, you can, in, in your city, you can find out if there is a picketing location in your city. We need as many people as we can. You don't have to be a member to pick it. Uh, you can sign up, you get a t-shirt and you can walk around and help us. Cause I was in Sony the other day and it was only me and two writers. 
And I, mm. I, I told them, I said, y'all, they was all at Universal. I said, nobody told me. They was, <laughs> I was like over here holding it down myself. I said, y'all need to come help me and sell me. If you want to do it, go to sag.org. You can find your city, find if there's a, a picketing location, because we need all the help that we can get because it's performative, but it, it makes people, it makes people realize, it makes them to remember that, hey, it's a strike going on and this is a serious thing. Yeah. I just want to say the first thing that came to mind to for me was not a picket sign, but for me to cancel my Netflix because well, we haven't they haven't asked. I don't do care. I don't care if they've asked. The bottom line is I'm that just saying. Yeah, I don't care if they've asked or not. The bottom line is that none of this would be happening if it weren't for Netflix. Yeah. Netflix isn't an entertainment company. Netflix is a tech company and they come up here making all of these new rules and now everybody's following what they're doing. And unfortunately, that's left the actors and a lot of the writers starving. Yeah. So I got something for you, Netflix. Nothing. That's what I got for you. Nothing. That's her TED Talk. If you miss any part of the show, all you have to do is subscribe to the podcast. Hear the whole conversation uninterrupted without the music, without the commercials, the full uninterrupted conversation with Jodeci. Just go to wherever you listen to podcasts. Type in Cafe Mocha Radio. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting. In partnership with Compass Media, executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit CafeMochaRadio.com. Announcing the Mocha Podcast Network, an innovative lifestyle podcast network featuring conversations from a black perspective. Curated with respected voices led by actresses and comedians Sherry Shepard and Kim Whitley. We're funny and we have a yes. point of view. We call that edumatainment. That's what we call it. Ed- is that what it is? Veteran TV journalist Rolanda Watts. Shocking the heck out of everybody. The legendary Unky Divas in Vogue. This topic is girl groups in the industry. To syndicated broadcast personalities, Lonnie Love and Dee Dee McGuire, as well as an array of experts and activists. Mocha Podcast Network, a lifestyle destination with authentic voices and perspectives designed to enrich and empower women of color with a unique listening experience. More than a destination, the Mocha Podcast Network is a full-service studio that offers an ongoing portfolio of production, distribution, marketing, guest booking, and most importantly, ad sales. With a unique revenue model for podcasters that includes customized promotional campaigns created specifically around podcaster and targeted audience, service social media promos and pushes, MPN brand advertising, targeted electronic newsletter, experienced sales representation, for advertisers, the Mocha Podcast Network is a safe marketplace to align their brands with trusted voices, organically engaging the highly in-demand female consumer and more. With quality over quantity, from concept to completion, now is the time for content creators and brands to join the innovative Mocha Podcast Network and experience unapologetic conversations with a new perspective. <laughs>